Welcome to the May 17th edition of the PFF Forecast. We have a great show. Uh, we are going to do the first of a few uh, drafts of the offseason. We're going to start with a drafting of NFL teams. Um, little friendly competition. Um, hopefully some good content as well. We've got the PGA Championship coming up. We're going to talk about the epic cover and LeBron blowing it uh, that the Lakers put on display last night. Gonna, we wanted to do 60 minutes on that. We're going to cut it down. So it's going to be just about 30. We're going to get into the coaching adjustments. It's going to be great. Whole bunch of analysis there. Uh, and some PGA Championship bets. Let's rock. want to save this for the end of the podcast but please tell me that you had six and a half last night i wish i did i didn't play the game at all um what an absolute atrocious backdoor if you were on the nuggets i mean i i watched to the end and i, I was close to turning it off at various points i'm glad i didn't uh rui hachimura is, is he the answer is he the answer well you'll have to stay tuned for my x's and o's on um whether putting rui on Jokic. Uh, is going to solve the problem for the Lakers and what the bet is on on uh, the the game on uh, Thursday, I believe, um, is the next game. And I think the spread right now, if I check, yeah, it's five and a half. Um, that's what it looks to be. We're recording this podcast, obviously, on Wednesday afternoon. We'll get to basketball in a second, but um, we have uh, a game that we're going to play. Brad, do you want to describe the rules and and goal of this? Yeah, so we are doing a snake draft uh, of sorts uh, between the two of us. There are going to be 10 total selections, kind of stealing the idea, but very different rules for Mina Kimes, who's done this in the past, where you and I are going to go back and forth uh, and make a draft pick. The first four rounds of five, we are simply trying to draft the team that we think is going to win the most regular season games. There are no playoff implications here. There are no bonuses for winning your division, anything like that. It's simply one win equals one point. We'll go back and forth four rounds on that. The fifth round, you and I are going to try to pick the worst team in the NFL, the team that we think is going to get the number one overall pick in the draft. Every loss counts as a point for that category. And I think we did say, if you do nail the number one overall pick, let's say you get three bonus points. So it's not a massive, yeah. massive adjustment, but three bonus points if you do get the number one overall pick team. And are we counting, you said total wins. Does that include playoff wins or just regular season? We're doing just regular season. I, that that's important. And the reason that's important is now the jets uh, are, are worth a lot more uh, because you don't get boned by Rogers blowing it in the playoffs. So uh, that's an important, it's an important caveat. Um, okay. So the first question is uh, which, so it's snake draft. One person will pick second. The next person will pick, uh, sorry, one person will pick first. Next person will pick second and third, fourth, fifth, sixth, so on and so forth. Um, do we want to change it ever so slightly where it's just, uh, back and forth after that first turn, or do we want to go snake the whole way? That's a good question. That is a good point. You do want to give the, the person selecting seconds, some sort of advantage, but maybe it does make sense to then, you know, just alternate after that. Alternate after that. Okay. I think that seems more fair. 
Um, because I was going to say that the just choice between picking first and picking second and third is the first part of the content here. So before the podcast, you, um, you uh, guessed incorrectly on the evens or odds number. So I have to choose whether I want to pick first or second and third. I am curious from your perspective, like we thought about this for now all of five minutes that we knew which person was going to pick which. Um, my initial take was that second and third is more valuable. What do you think? I agree because, and this is why I want to do this. If this included playoffs, it's basically who gets to take the Chiefs and then who gets second and third. Now, even though I still think they could get the number one seed, you know, their division is a bit more competitive, you know, than, than other divisions. So maybe it's not the clear-cut, obvious number one choice. It probably still will be. But um, but for that reason, I think second and third is a better option. Yeah, it's also like how much, how much hubris do you have, right? Um, and so like, yeah, I think the chiefs are the, the easy number one overall choice, but if you were to go with someone else, because you think you've got, you know, some sort of angle, then you're just kind of overweighting your own belief in, uh, in how well you can, you can ascertain things. So I am going to go with second and third. That means that you are going to pick first. Uh, I will pick second and third. You and we will then alternate from that point forward. So you will pick fourth, I will pick fifth, you will pick sixth, I'll pick seventh, so on and so forth until we get to 10. The last round, to your point, is uh is a loser's pool. Um, all clear? All clear. All right. Um, so please drum roll with the first overall pick in the PFF forecast wins draft. Brad Spielberger is now officially on the clock. Yes, Victor Wembanyama, San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs. There uh, you no. go. <laughs> I bet on the Spurs, by the way. Uh, dude, shout out Spurs. Uh, the Admiral yeah. Tim Duncan to Victor Wembanyama, just just an all time run. Definitely not rigged uh, at, at all. So uh, here here is I know I just discussed the Cole Kansas City Chiefs aspect. As I'm saying that, look, Sean Payton's legit. The Broncos are not going to be a doormat like they were last year. That being said, I think the last time they beat the Kansas City Chiefs was like 2016 or something like that. Um, it has not mattered who the coach has been, who the quarterback has been. They just have not really competed. I think the Raiders took a step back this offseason, and the Chargers, they'll probably steal one game from Kansas City. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can't give you second and third and one of those teams being Kansas City. So, look, they're, they're the obvious number one choice here. Um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I was kind of like, it's a no brainer. So their win total is 11 and a half over is minus 140. You look at, you know, the, the, the teams after that point, right? So you've got the Eagles at 11 and a half, their over is minus 110. Um, and I believe it's the Bengals at 11 and a half as well. Yes. And their over is plus 110. So what's interesting is that I think the bills would have been an obvious choice here for most um, I don't think it's anywhere near obvious. In fact, I don't think I can take the bills. They're over 10 and a half is minus 140, but they're now in a division, which gosh, you talked about how hard the, the AFC West is the NFC or the AFC East is really tough as well. Um, with both the dolphins and the jets now, and then the Patriots are the worst team in that division. Like, I'd almost rather be in the Chiefs' shoes, where the worst team in that division 
uh, are, are the Raiders or, you know, if something happens, the Chargers, like, or the Broncos, like all three of those teams, I, I think I'm more comfortable with. So Brad, so you have chiefs. I'm going to go with Bengals and Eagles. I considered the Niners for a hot second. And then I looked at Sam Darnold and realized I can't quite pull the trigger there. So um, I'm going Bengals and Eagles in no particular order. Um, and uh, you are now on the clock. I think that was the correct approach there. So I actually just realized as we're recording, Ben Brown uh, put out our first edition of the ELO ratings at PFF, the power rankings we use. Um, once we get the schedule released, there are, of course, still more adjustments to be made. But the New York Jets are the third ranked team in the AFC East. They are sixth overall in PFF's ELO rating. So it just shows you know, how good that division is. And I'm scrolling to find the Patriots. They're probably still, you know, top 20. Um, they're 17th, right? So, so the entire division is basically in the top half of the NFL. I think that was a smart approach from you. I, I mean, Buffalo does jump out. They are an obvious selection. They're second on big uh, on Ben's rankings. And of course, power ranking and projected win total are two different things um, because of the schedules. <sighs> It's funny because if I don't go Bills, I want to go Dallas because I'm also kind of afraid of San Francisco. Uh, but Dallas is in the division with the Eagles. The Giants are a playoff team, um, and the Washington fighting Sam Howells. They're not. They're not. They're not the worst fourth team in the division. They're, they're a decent fourth team in the division. So I'll go chalk. Uh, I, I will go with the Buffalo Bills. But I, I think honestly, after the first three we just did, which I think you were correct, I think it's kind of wide open after that. Yeah, I was. I couldn't decide if I wanted you to take the bills or not because of all the points that you just brought up. Now you mentioned the Cowboys, the Cowboys over nine and a half is minus minus one forty. I have the Eagles already. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, taking two teams in the same division will just decrease overall my opportunity space. Um, to, to amass number of wins. Um, the the other option for me here is the, uh, you know, just looking at the win totals, right? You got the, the 49ers at 10 and a half minus 120. And I'm going to go Niners here because of two things. The first is the division, the interdivision uh, conversation. And then looking at the Niners division, which Unless the Eagles, or sorry, unless the Seahawks are are really good, and I think we believe they can be, there are two teams that could be vying for the number one overall pick in their division. So that's like four free wins. And while I'm scared about the quarterback, I think I'd rather have the uncertainty of a Niners quarterback under Kyle Shanahan than the Dallas Cowboys playing against my Eagles and in a much tougher division. So I'm going. Yep. So. Yeah, no. So, so I started thinking through the same thing, uh, both division conference, probably don't really need to consider it, but I guess to a degree, um, and, and, and it's going to feed into my pick here. Um, I, I am doing this maybe out of the order that I would have originally done, but because of your selection just then and the way the board shook out, so to speak, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and take it a third AFC team first, the inverse of my Buffalo bills pick the AFC South has four teams in it. The Houston Texans are 32nd in our ELO rating. The Indianapolis Colts are 31st and the Tennessee Titans are 28th. <laughs> so, so yeah. So again, you have, you have four bottom five teams. The Jaguars are only 13th, but this is really more a bet of they're probably in the, you know, maybe the second worst division in football, only second worst because of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might be a bit of a reach. Might, might be an interesting pick here. Um, 
injuries and suspensions and stuff like that, which applies to another team that might get drafted. Um, kind of scared me away, but I'm going for upside here, uh, and I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, the Jaguars over nine and a half is minus one thirty-five, and I'll just let you know, like that was probably going to be my pick. Um, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at. So the Cowboys are over nine and a half minus one forty, and this is tough. Okay, I thought you were going to go Cowboys, and um, you know, quite frankly, like was hoping you would you would yep. go Cowboys. <laughs> um, so, so sorry. So you have Chiefs, Bills, Jags. Chiefs, Bills, Jags, and, and I'll just say I I thought you thought what I thought that made no sense, but I I thought that you were expecting me to take NFC probably Dallas. It would help with your Philadelphia. It would help with a lot of things. Right. And I thought maybe you'd go Jags or another other couple teams I won't mention. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that that gamifying in my in my mind just worked out as I hoped it would. Because you thought now you think you can get the Cowboys with your last Correct. good pick. Correct. Or oh, uh, so yeah, or, or a team I like as well. But it's it's two teams mm. back in the NFC. I'll give it away a little bit. Um, and I'm comfortable with yeah. either one. Okay. So the, the team that now I realize why, and, and this is a little bit of game theory on my part as well, because one of the teams that I'm considering, I don't think you will take because of the competition within division. So I might be able to snag, oh no, this is my last, this is my last, last uh, this is my last pick. Oh man, this is a funner <laughs> game than I anticipated. Yeah, I, I did the same. So I can so I can talk you through my my uh, thought process here then because this is my last pick. So the the Cowboys I, I think make a ton of sense in a vacuum. Um, obviously, they are going to be cannibalized by uh, the fact that I have the Eagles already. Um, I have one AFC. I have two NFC teams. So the, the team that I was considering going with was the Jets. They're nine and a half minus 130. A couple things that I believe here. I believe that they are one of, if not the most complete teams across the board. They were competitive with one of the worst quarterbacks uh, in the world playing last year. They get Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to be motivated. Um, and so I, I like that. Um, the, the, the Cowboys are, are honestly the other team. And then the dark horse that I have are the Vikings at, at eight and a half minus 130 uh, is what their, their win total is at. And the reason that I'm considering them is that they are in such a bad division. Now, with all due respect, I just don't, I'm not really believing the hype on the Lions. They're nine and a half minus 105. Um, but the more I think about it, I'm going to, I'm going to rule out that kind of sexy pick with the Vikings. I think that's reaching a little bit. I am going to go, I'm going to go with the New York jets. I'll let you have the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the jets. I think they're a better team than the Cowboys. It's a tougher division. Um, but at least I'm, I'm closer to maximizing my wins because I don't think, are they playing? They shouldn't be playing the Bengals, uh, if memory serves. Um, whereas with the Cowboys, I, I just have fewer outs. What are, yep, what are okay, so interesting there. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, what, what do you think about that before you get into your pick? 
Yeah. So real quick, what is your now roster of, of four teams? Yeah. So I have Bengals, Eagles, Niners, Jets. Okay. So the Jets do not play the Bengals. So you did avoid that that head to head. Um, you have you have two and two, which I think is is probably safer. And obviously, it's gonna be kind of funny that we're gonna have more AFC teams. Obviously, they're better football teams, but they're also can kind of you know cannibalize each other a bit. Um, yeah, no, I I think that's I think it's a solid pick. It, it's you know it's interesting too where you know if the Jets are better than the Bills, like you know it, having another team in the same division. Yeah. As me, right, is part of the process there. Whereas I think otherwise, we we do not have a team in the same division. <clears throat> I have only well, I have AFC West, AFC South, right. Um, until and go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say until now. So my hypothesis was kind of that, which was like I think you're gonna take the Cowboys here, and so I like if the Eagles are better than the Cowboys this year, that is like, I, I might just win based on that. Right. If you win both head to heads in theory, right, right. It, it could save you. So here's my thing. So um, just talk through the process a little bit. I was considering lions. I hate the suspensions. I, I, the division is bad. Like I really am tempted to take them, but also part of me is just like, you're going to take the Detroit lions in a, in a top eight Calcutta uh, type situation is just kind of crazy in my mind. Um, I also, um, there are other teams like uh, on the board here that are intriguing, kind of shooting upside. But yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think for, on the flip side, the AFC North had a couple teams that intrigued me, but I think the Bengals are the class of the division. I wanted the Baltimore Ravens, but I just think that's a risky proposition. And then I have four AFC teams, which I just do not like. Um, so yeah, I, I will go with the Dallas Cowboys for my fourth and final pick. All right. And so now we are into the fifth round. Here, the fifth round is where um that the uh you get bonus points three bonus points for getting the number one overall pick and it is total number of losses that count for um for your final score so is, is this back to me now yeah you will get the uh the first overall negative selection first overall negative selection i kind of am jealous because i think the first overall selection is like kind of a no-brainer here and i'm really interested just to think through that second one. Um, but I think I've got to go with the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, just they've already signaled that they're moving on into the future with their their trades. I think their trade was great. I think Caleb Williams is going to kill it. And so they're going to be looking there at, you know, midway through the season going, we better not blow this. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think their win total is four and a half. It is uh, juiced. A little bit probably towards the over. Let me find it. Uh, yeah, minus 130 over, plus 110 is under. Um, I really did, I will say this, consider a few other teams uh, just to be kind of kind of sexy here. Uh, the Colts were one of them. The Bucks were one of them. The Texans and the Commanders were the other ones I was thinking about. But I'm excited to hear what you come up with, uh, Brad. Yeah, so I do think... Um... I'm well, first of all, I'm now the biggest rooter for uh, Kyler Murray's ACL health matters more to me than pretty much anyone <laughs> besides Kyler Murray. So I hope he's healing up very well. I hope the doctors in Arizona are doing mm -hmm. a first rate job. Um, you know, obviously the more games he plays, that's, that's the big thing here. I really don't in reality think he plays much at all this season. Um, but any game he plays instead of, I don't know who they're going to trot out there um, it, it is a win uh, for, for me. So I am going to go with the Houston Texans. Um, 
I think an AFC team was my, if it wasn't Arizona, who was attractive to me, um, I was going to go an AFC team. The Colts are pretty intriguing, but I do think, let's say both rookie quarterbacks are near equal. I think the, I think the Colts roster otherwise is a good bit better than Houston's. Um, Tampa, I, I wanted to consider. I mean, I think Baker and Kyle Trask are both bad, but the division in the AFC, NFC South is maybe the worst division in football. That kind of scared me away. The Saints actually were kind of a sneaky. That would have been a, a dark horse, I think, for our top eight. Um, is if someone took New Orleans and just say hey, they'll win eleven games in an awful division and, and kind of root for like a high floor there. But anyway, um, I'm the Bucks have just too much talent otherwise. So yeah, I'll go Houston here. Look, they obviously got better from last year, but. They were awful last year, um, and I think they're still going to be very bad. Uh, and, and they also, you know, if Stroud doesn't play well, maybe down the stretch they have a better a better approach to tanking this time around. Yeah, I, I do think Texans are, are a solid choice there. Um, okay, so uh, here are how the teams shook out. By the way, um, we talked about this briefly before, but we're putting uh, a grand on this. What are we putting on this? Only a grand? um so uh this is this is going to be fun um you have chiefs bills jags cowboys and texans i have Bengals, eagles niners jets and cardinals i this is going to be really close Um, i think so too I like I was trying to think about where and maybe someone in our our discord by the way if you are a member of the printing press but haven't joined our discord jump in there it's the printing press discord you can find the link in the description you can also hit us up on twitter if you can't find the description uh and the link there um but i'm guessing we'll get some odds uh laid on who people think is the favorite you can do the math just looking at the win totals and kind of figure that out but not doing that um not doing that, I think I will open as a slight favorite. I I wonder where the head-to-heads come in. Otherwise, I will say this. I was hoping you were going to take the Bills. I think you nailed it on 2-3. If you did the Bills, I would have said, I would have walked away being like, I'm going to win this thing. Because <laughs> uh, I just felt like I would have gotten Eagles-Bengals with the Chiefs and would have just felt so confident. Um, so, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I do like my loser more, though. I mean, again, Kyler Murray, that knee, baby, just rooting for that knee. <laughs> I know, I know. Because that could really turn on me, right? If that knee heals... And he's healthy. It, you know, that's a bad division. Um, NFC sucks. Like Texans, uh, first year with the new coaching staff, like very well could be a decider. Eagles, Cowboys games have a new meaning. Uh, and um, and so do uh Jets Bills games for us. Week one, I think we get Jets Bills, right? So we got a, a huge uh, yeah. you know, opportunity right out of the gate. That's gonna think too bad. Uh, too bad I'm not an idiot and didn't take the Lions, and we could have had Lions Chiefs. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice opener when when the Chiefs win by fifty in Week One. Yeah, so yeah, I'm <laughs> curious. Uh, someone please do the, the math on. It. I'm sure we'll get a good a good number there. Um, I think it is. I think it's gonna go down to the wire. I'm excited. Uh, it should. I should have considered like just pretended that I was thinking about taking the Lions uh, in one of my first two picks. That would have been fun. That would have been it like might have got, it might have got me. Yeah, the <laughs> second greatest thing that has happened to the Lions in in their history is me considering them in in the, uh, <laughs> the second spot. Hang the banner. Um, who would be? Let's just for kind of fun here. Let's say we had one more um, pick 
in the good teams section, who who would be your who is your first out? I guess. Yeah, I almost offered to do a fifth round when we were going through it. So, yeah, um, fun. no, it's a lot of fun. And I think there are like, I think there's a clear shelf of teams pretty much where we went. I think there is a shelf of top eight. Um, in my opinion, though, the next teams in the running, um, I think it's tough with the division, but Miami, I think, has a wide variance, but a very, very high ceiling. Um, Detroit, I do think just because the NFC, NFC North is really, really bad. Um, and then the last one for me, I just mentioned though, was, and again, it's not because I love the team, but the New Orleans Saints, you get a, um, you know, a, a non-playoff last year NFC schedule. And I know that stuff always changes and, and things like that, but you know, the, the, the third and fourth and second place NFC schedule is going to be terrible, um, you know, for a lot of these divisions. Um, th- those were the ones for me. I, I don't think the Chargers are a good bet. I don't really think, I, you know, we all know how much I love Seattle, but like them, Baltimore, I don't know, Seattle maybe, but Baltimore scares me. So Baltimore was the one that um that I was thinking. And I think you make some you make some good points there. Miami, Miami scares me a little bit. I think Miami would drop in in my uh draft here because or in my rankings because of the volatility, because of Tua. Like there's a, a wide range of outcomes for that team. And I believe in Mike McDaniel, but I still think there's a relatively wide range of outcomes for that team, especially in that division. Now I already have the Bengals. So Baltimore would be a little bit of a, a gamble for me. They're over nine and a half minus minus one fifty. is the biggest question for you. Just what that offense looks like with Munkin now. And are you like, what is it? Are you worried they're going to j- take a little while to gel? You don't think it'll work in general. Like where, where's your reservation? Yeah. So first, I think going from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin, both guys, I think in a vacuum, I like, but are just like very different approach to play calling. Um, you know, Munkin is like a like a run and shoot type of guy. Um, I shouldn't say run and shoot like he shoot and shoot uh, type of guy. Not that I think Lamar can't do it, but also um, I'm not very bullish on it. Sounds like Rashad Bateman had, had Liz Frank or, or an issue that. You know, some like fantasy doctors on Twitter that think it's a recurring issue. I would imagine signing a bunch of dudes and drafting Zay Flowers in the first round probably points to that a little bit. Um, and then Ola Beckham Jr., like his floor is pretty darn low. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, okay, you have Nelson Aguilar, rookie Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews, and we're kind of back to square one. And then I like their defense, but it's not a, it's not a, as good as their defense has been the last five years, in my opinion, at least on paper. So anyway, and then lastly, I mean, the division is pretty darn good. I mean, the worst team in the division is Pittsburgh, and, and they could win nine games, you know, fairly comfortably. Right. I think all those those points are, are pretty valid. It would have been a very challenging uh, pick. So, I mean, the Dolphins also – Dolphins-Ravens is an interesting conversation. Um, Lions, I mean, it, honestly, it might be the Lions. The Lions might be – the next choice, um, especially for me, given that I already have Jets and I already have Bengals. Um, I think it is the Lions. I think some people would convince themselves that it's the Chargers, um, but uh, that would be a tough one for me to pull the trigger on personally. Yeah, same here. I think Lions is the the first team out. There you go. Congratulations. Paying the banner. This is actually, yes, this is yes. paying the banner for the Lions. They were the first team out. 
in this draft of the best teams in the NFL. And they weren't considered for the worst team. It like two banners. They could put like they split it in half, like one of those, you know, those the most obnoxious jerseys in the world are the ones where it's like half, they cut the jersey in half and it's like half one team, half the other, or like old number, new number. There you go. Congratulations, Lions. Random um, tangent, but but uh, AJ Hawks was it AJ Hawks' sister who was dating Brady Quinn? She should have like copyright. Yeah. I think that was the first one that ever did that I, that I remember. She should have put like a patent on that because because she's got. I mean, she would have made a bunch of money. There are like few memories that really are emblazoned in my mind that are super random. Like obviously important ones, like you remember. But I will never forget that um, that game, Brady Quinn, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. And Brett Musburger, they, they showed, honestly, I don't remember seeing Brady Quinn. I don't remember seeing AJ Hawk in that game on TV. The only thing I remember is them showing um, uh, AJ Hawks or, or Brady Quinn's sister, right? That marries AJ Hawk. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, and her stupid half jersey and <laughs> Brett Musburger like falling all over. Absolutely amazing. Um God, I did not expect that game to come up. By the way, uh, NCAA uh, coming back. EA Sports announced that today. That's exciting. Now we know what Big Cat will be doing for all of next year. Yeah. Uh, so congrats, congrats to him. Um, were you were you a NCAA guy or a Madden guy? Dude, I'm gonna pl- log a lot of hours in NCAA. I think NCAA was better than Madden. For I, you know, I love the old Madden's, of course, as kids. But NCAA 14. Look, if I want to see the Vanderbilt Commodores win 10 games, it only happens in a fake reality on a video game. So, yes, I, I was logging hours. <laughs> yeah, I I played it a pretty decent amount as well. I couldn't get into it as much as Madden, though. Madden, like, franchise mode for me, just, I don't know, I, something special. And I, the thing with college was the kids were always moving on. And, like, to me, it was like I – I don't know. There's something about like the longevity that you could build there in the NFL was more interesting than, than the continuous like recruiting class stuff. But that's just me. Um, Okay. Before we get to the really important sports, a quick reminder that uh, you can go get yourself PFF plus subscription for 25% off promo code forecast. Um, All of the great things that we've mentioned on this podcast, including all of the betting ratings, um, all of the data and analysis that leads to great fantasy and betting outcomes can be yours uh, for 25% off. And if you get an annual subscription, seven-day free trial plus, that carries you all the way through next year. Some pretty exciting stuff that that is coming. Um, we actually are beta testing uh, the first iteration of something we've been working on for the better part of a year, um, which I think is going to be the most um, powerful betting and like, honestly, just like fan engagement, uh, tool, uh, out there. Um, members of, uh, of, of this have worked on that uh, as people you've heard on here have been, been hard at work. So I'm not going to give away what that is. If you're in the discord, you got a chance to test it out, uh, as a part of being there. So that's another reason to sign up for that and some really cool fantasy tools, um, that are coming your way this year as well. So, I promise you it will be way worth your while. It already is, and it'll be even more valuable come this this year. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. I had plus six and a half. I did not hedge. I also had a little money line. Um, they're out to like, you know, a, a, actually a pretty good start. They're playing well. The Nuggets cannot miss. I mean, they can't, I have, Brad, I can't remember a team that was just 
like that unconscious. It was unreal. And, um, and Rui Hachimura turned everything around and then LeBron blew it. That's how I would sum up that game. Um, how would you, how would you put it? Yeah. I mean, if you get an efficient 40 from AD, like you probably got to win some of these games. Um, I mean, both yeah. teams, honestly, yeah, both teams could not miss. I, I think it's interesting. Like, I so one of the announcers said it, but it was so true. Like going from playing the Warriors, where it's just constant motion on the perimeter, to then having Jokic running the the, the offense through like the elbow, um, and just kind of like popping up there and then either passing it or driving. Like it's a dramatically different game. And yes, they'll have shooters around him. Jamal Murray hit a bunch of big uh, big shots. KCP had a bunch of good plays. Lakers legend KCP, but um, it's just such a weird switch up. Um, but the thing is like, I know the Lakers are a good defensive team or they were, I just like, yeah, I mean, the shot making is going to, going to, you know, regress, but, but I think every game is going to be in the two twenty plus range, just the way just stylistically how these teams operate. I, I, unless, unless Rui just changes everything. Yeah. Um, so I think all those points are, are pretty valid. Um, it were so the spread on on um, the game on Thursday is five and a half. Everyone now thinks it's going to be a close game because the Lakers came back and quote, figured some stuff out The I don't think that the Nuggets offensive, you know, unconsciousness is uh, sustainable, but I am not, n- neither is Anthony Davis going for 40. Um, yeah. That's, that's for damn sure. Here's the other thing that worries me. Everyone thinks that because they put Rui on there on uh, Jokic and that allowed Davis to kind of roam around the paint, that that caused a bunch of problems. I've got to think that they're going to come up with a few ways to attack that. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if you put Rui on Jokic and I I might run Jokic pick and roll with Gordon, (laughs) like legitimately, like I, I think you could do it. Like that's how good Jokic is. And it'll just throw some kind of crazy stuff uh, out at them. I think there's, there, there are some ways to get at it. All in all, the Nuggets are just way more talented than the Warriors. I think that was the biggest change, Brad, was like, oh, sh- oh shoot. Like instead of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green being out there shells of themselves, it's like Michael Porter at 6'10 is draining threes from the corner, right? Um, like it's a totally different ball game. Um, the, the other thing that the Lakers did kind of figure out, and they've got to do this a ton is you've got to punish Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is like what everyone wants Jordan pool to be, which means a liability on defense and like lights out on offense. So you've just got to make the dude work, uh, defensively. And I think they'll, they'll probably get to that, but I see a case to take the nuggets tomorrow at, at five and a half. Like I could see them blowing the Lakers out and the Lakers going instead of trying to fight back and win like they did game one, I think they may pack it in or be forced to pack it in uh, for, for game three uh, in LA. But that's kind of my, and and I I totally agree with that. And and I'm not trying to go full Mike Greenberg here, but you get both AD and LeBron over 40 minutes in the altitude trying to come back. It almost like you could argue maybe be better if they were just down 15 points with five minutes left and they just they just called it. Um, I guess more than that, you know, today's NBA. But yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, both benches weren't super deep. I think the the difference in the benches, like you kind of mentioned, I think the Lakers did a great job of going out and getting players with very specific skill sets that are going to benefit you and match up 
specific environments in the playoffs. And we're talking about Rui, of course, but other guy, you bring in Jared Vanderbilt for some defense, you do different things. The Nuggets, when they go to their bench, like it's all around basketball players. Like it's still like Bruce Brown is a good basketball player, not just a very kind of like pigeonhole role type of guy. Um, but yeah, I, I actually kind of agree with you. I, I think the spread, it's people betting off of the final score. Um, and that was not really indicative of, of how the game went. The other thing that I am going to be looking to do is save some resources for live betting. So you think about the narrative coming uh, out of that game. Darvin Ham and LeBron are going to be losing their minds over starting the game better. So they're going to come out with some defensive intensity. I think they're they're going to come out with intensity, right? I think no doubt about it, the Lakers have to be thinking about, hey, this is like a must win. But I think they're going to run out of gas. I, I really do. Like, um, so I might live bet nuggets, especially once people see like, oh, shoot, the other game started, you know, all cattywampus and the Lakers came back and made it close. So if the Lakers keep it close, they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of run away with this. I think the market doesn't adjust uh, quite as much as it should. And, and so I, I might bet some, um, even some alt spreads for the nuggets live is kind of where my, uh, where my head is at. And then probably honestly, some 80 unders like dude was as everyone's focused on Jokic being unconscious, like AD was also unconscious. And I think, so a couple of things I like about that. So first, uh, I totally agree with the, the, the narrative of, you know, the Lakers are going to come out defensive intensity. That's going to fall a lot on AD at the rim against Jamal Murray, who has an underrated layup package and was doing different things around the rim. That was stress, putting a lot of stress on the defense. And then, yeah, Jokic as well. Like, I don't think they're going to put AD on Jokic a ton, but he's going to be helping, I think, probably off of guys more. And we saw what he could do. I mean, he was dominant at times um, against the Warriors at, at, at the glass. So, I like those ideas as well, but also the live bet too. Yeah, both teams shot 46% or better from three. Like, that's not going to happen. So the Lakers might come out and get an early lead, but it's going to be this like, well, you know, let's say the first quarter is like 22 to 16, you know, and everyone's going to, I think, kind of over, oh, it's going to be a slow-paced Lakers-type game. It's like, no, it's just like that's how it started. And then, and then like you said, it's, it's going to flip. Um, yeah, I agree with all those points there. Live, live overs, the, the over-adjusted – uh, by five points, I think it was 222. And now at least when I checked this morning it was 227. Um, but I could see that, you know, I could see it adjusting to like an intense defensive performance from, uh, from the Lakers. I also, it'd be interesting to see what, how they ref that game. Uh, because I think the Lakers are going to come out and be physical. I think they're going to be super physical with Murray. I think they're going to, yeah, I think it's hard to get physical with Jokic, but I think they're going to continue to try. I mean, Rui, because he's so much lighter, I mean, he was putting everything into Jokic. And you saw Jokic had like, you know, scrapes on his arm and stuff. Like, I think this this, this is going to be a fun series. I do think it's going to be intense. I think the Lakers get, you know, maybe one or both games at home. Like I, the, the benches are just such an interesting thing yeah. on the road versus, right? And like... Uh, that's, you know, that Lakers atmosphere is going to be absolutely insane. So uh, I think game five ultimately becomes that, that huge pivot point, regardless of what happens in game two. And I could see the Lakers understanding that anyways, that was the, the, the basketball analysis that we have. Uh, we have the PGA championship teeing off tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday evening, Brad, you blessed us with some early analysis on, uh, on Sunday, but you've dug in data golf shout out. Um, and you've prepared us with some winners. 
That is correct. Yep. So, so last time around, we had a couple, you know, flyers on just who's going to win. Came up very close on a couple guys. You gave out Kepka, who obviously was what came in second uh, in the Masters, and I had Cam Young, who was great for the first eight holes of the tournament. He finished top ten, but it, it looked like he was going to run away with the thing. So, anyway, um, we did go two and three though on our, you know, on the exotics. So matchups, things like that. Um, and I have a three pack of matchups for you here. First one that I absolutely love. Um, is Sung J M minus one twenty versus Dustin Johnson? Um, real quick, shout out Justin Johnson, who basically told reporters this week his back injury from earlier this season was because he was ha- he was lifting Paulina Gretzky up while they were having sex. So shout out Dustin Johnson, congrats on that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad the back is feeling better, but I guess if there's, if there's any way to get to injure your back, um, that that's how you do it. So anyway, um. <clears throat> That is Data Golf's favorite matchup, I think, of the entire thing. They they had it minus 150 uh, in Sung J.M.'s favor. And on uh, DraftKings, you can get Sung J.M. minus 120. He's frankly one of the hottest gol- golfers in, in golf right now. He, he is playing out of his mind, um, and particularly as a ball striker. He's great off the tee, very accurate, maybe the longest guy, but very accurate off the tee and very good approach game. That is the name of the game with this course. Um, so Sung J.M. minus 120 versus Dustin Johnson on DraftKings. Uh, the second one we have here, this one I love, Diddy Golf also loves, but going back to the well with our guy Cam Young. So this is a course in New York. He's from New York. This is a course that lines up perfectly with his game. The uh, The driving is crazy. Where there, It's a 7,400-yard course, and there's two par fives in the entire course. I mean, you need to, on all of these par fours, get off the tee well, position yourself to have a shot where you can put yourself um, within a putt to make a couple birdies or two putt for par. Um, Cam Young is minus 130 versus Cam Smith. So, look, Cam Smith's a phenomenal player, great iron player, one of the worst drivers of the best golfers in golf. I mean, he put it in uh, one of the rounds of the Masters. He was just hitting three wood because he just couldn't drive. And that's just not something he's going to get away with at this course. If he's buried in the rough because he keeps sailing his driver, you think he usually goes right. He bleeds right. And it's just the rough here is so thick that if he has, you know, even if he has 200 yards in, um, he might not even be able to reach because of how thick this rough is. So I just think it's really just kind of playing the drivers there. And I think Cam Young is in the same class as Cam Smith anyway. Two very good golfers. Um, And the last one, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to win this tournament. Uh, And it's not a surprise. He's the favorite. Um, You know, he's the world number one for a reason. Uh, he is minus 110 uh, versus John Rahm on DraftKings. Look, John Rahm's also pure class, top top golfer in the world. Um, but Scheffler's form right now is out of, out of this world. We talked about it during the Masters. He was dead last in strokes gained, strokes gained putting um, and was first in tee to green, or at least through the third day. I think maybe the fourth day, his tee to green fell off a little bit. But if he can get hot, with the flat iron, I mean, everything else is working in his favor. He was phenomenal last week. Didn't quite win because Jason Day shot a 61, I think, on Sunday, but was top 10 in the tournament last week. The Byron Nelson down in Texas, his hometown, Texas. Um, this this tournament is just set up very well for him. Phenomenal ball striker, um, playing very well. So those are the three matchups we like. And then I do also like Scotty Shelford to be the first-round leader. Um, same odds at DraftKings and BetMGM. I didn't write down what the odds were, but I know those are the two best books to bet him uh, to be the first round leader. I like it. Um, I, I love the Sung JM one. I would have never come up with that in a bazillion years. Um, I, I, you know, I like Cam Young quite a bit. I think he's still, is he 30 to one? Um, 35, I believe. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's a great price. Uh, I think he's, 
a player that's kind of under the radar, um, even though he's played solid golf. It's in New York. He's from New York. I don't know, think that means anything, but it doesn't look like you're paying a premium for that, which is which is kind of nice. Um, the uh, the other thing that I think is noteworthy, uh, and, and I don't know if I don't think you you mentioned it, but Jason Day played really really well last weekend. Um, he, so he's been informed. He played well at the Masters as well. I think you can get him at, at um, longer than thirty uh, to one odds as well. Um, so I, I like all those. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Shane Lowry, um, who I think you know it's going to be cold as hell um, in uh, in New York and upstate New York. And um, you know, I think any any player that's got a little extra buffer there is going to be in good shape, uh, and, and he certainly does. Um, but man, this is going to be a long, long course, right? Like um, it's grueling yeah also sung jm's a thick a thick guy too so if, if that if that makes you feel even better uh about sung jm he, he's a big boy yeah he he won't be uh he won't be scared away either so um well i'm i'm excited uh i normally the pga is like the one i look forward to least but um it uh i think this one's setting up to be kind of fun um anyone but rory really is is kind of where my yeah, I mean the I price there. Happen. Look, he. Yeah, well, I mentioned. I think he's a member at the course, so everyone's gonna be betting on him. He's like, well, I love the guy. I, I think as a person, he's probably like a lot of people's favorite golfer, and he should be. But like, he's taking time away for like his mental health. A lot of pressure on him to win these majors. Um, I'm not saying like fade that like it's fun or anything, but like he's really kind of in a in a, in a tough spot. Maybe he you know did a lot of work and comes out and plays great, but just for me, the price there is just not really worth a bet. Um, also last thing on Sung JM, top 26 tournaments in a row. I mean, the guy is just on fire. Top 10 is last three in a row. Um, the guy's playing some good golf. Yeah, no, he, he is. He, he is, he is good. I, I think many people will be surprised to even hear that name, but that's why, that's why, you know, it's a good one. Um, that was our podcast. We'll be back on Sunday evening, hopefully a little more extra cash in the pocket. Uh, go Lakers, Brad, good luck, uh, against me in the winds pool. You're going to need it. Peace.